Now, our scripture reading is rather lengthy, so if you just am overcome with the urge to sit down, uh, please do so. We don't want anybody fainting, especially in this heat. But uh, we are having a story. This is a, the passage in Hebrews that talks about the conquest of Canaan and the faith that was involved there, primarily the faith of, of their leader, Joshua. But our emphasis this morning is on kind of a subplot that takes place in the story of the conquest. And we note a particular individual by the name of Rahab. In Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, we find uh, these words. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as if on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same thing, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And then we go into the entirety of the backstory, and it's in Joshua chapter 2. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men discreetly from Shedem as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan as far as the fords. And the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came to them on the roof and said, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you came out of Egypt and that you did what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as... We heard in it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, He is God in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, and you will deal kindly with my Father's house, and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. And if you do not tell this business of yours, then when the Lord has given us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall and said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. The men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window 
through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house, your father and your mother, your brothers and your father's household. And then if anyone goes out of doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. And then moving to chapter six, when the time of the actual fall of the walls in the uh, slaughter in Jericho took place, we have these words. And when they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxygen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. But the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go to the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her as we swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers, and they brought out all her relatives and they put them outside of the camp. But they burned the city with fire and everything in it. But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all that belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Rahab, the prostitute. Rahab, the prostitute. (laughs) We've been talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Judah, Moses, preeminent people in God's plan of salvation for not only Israel, but for the earth. And now we come to the exploits of Joshua, Moses' general who was to lead God's people into the promised land and conquer it and drive out the Amorites. 500 years before God had said to Abraham in Genesis 15 that the iniquity of the Amorite was not yet full. In other words, God said, I ought to destroy these people. They're sinful people. They're certainly pagans. They don't honor me, the Lord said, but I've made a covenant with you and I'm going to fulfill it in your seed. And eventually though, I am going to bring punishment upon the wicked. The sinners are going to be dealt with. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever person sows, that shall they reap. But imagine the long suffering of the Lord, the mercies of the Lord. Five centuries, 500 years plus, the Lord did not destroy the Amorites. He let them dwell in Canaan. They built great cities. In fact, one of the greatest cities in the ancient world, some say one of the most ancient cities, was built on a mound in the plains of the Jordan River, just about nine miles north of the mouth 
going into the Dead Sea and just at the edge of the plains of Jordan where the hill country begins to start that goes up finally to Jerusalem. The very entry point into the promised land that God's people had chosen and that God was going to lead them to. There dwelt the Amorites in power and in prosperity. In order to take and conquer this land, Joshua had to set forth a pretty good military strategy and he started doing that. He sent spies into the land and especially into the city of Jericho because that was the first stronghold. When you cross the Jordan River, which they crossed by the miracle of God, and now the first major city on the road that goes up to the hill country and finally all the way to the Mediterranean Sea, the major ancient highway was Jericho. Jericho had to be conquered. And the Lord was going to use Jericho as a warning and a symbol of what it was going to be like to all the other nations if they did not surrender to the Lord. And Jericho was marked out for destruction. It was put under the ban. It was given holy contraband. The people were to be annihilated and were to be completely destroyed. And God was going to save no one. There was going to be no quarter. There was going to be no sparing. They were going to be an example of what a holy and a righteous God will do to a wicked people who are wicked for hundreds and hundreds of years. And he was going to demonstrably punish as he had done 500 years earlier to Sodom. He was going to now do to Jericho and bring it to utter destruction. And so the story is these two spies go in doing the mission of Joshua, their commander. But actually, the Lord enfolded him into his plan and purpose. Because what the Lord was going to do was he was going to destroy Jericho to be sure. But most importantly, he was going to bring salvation to the Amorites salvation to the Amorites. And representing the Amorites, the wicked, deserving of destruction Amorites, was a woman of the lowest moral character you can imagine. A young woman who ran probably an inn on the edge of the wall, and there the spies took lodging. But when they got there, they found in her heart the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom and the recognition that the Lord God is the supreme authority and that the Lord God is on a mission and that the Lord God is the true God of heaven and earth. And we just read the confession of faith made by Rahab. Rahab became a believer in Abraham's God. She believed God and it was counted to her for righteousness. And you know the story as we just read it, how that she had this arrangement with them. And one of the things that it was involved is she wanted a sure sign that the Lord would save her and her brothers and sisters and her mother and father, and that she would spare her little heritage alive when the total destruction came. And they said, there's only one way you'll ever be saved in God's economy. And that's the symbol of the shed blood. And so she was instructed to put a scarlet ribbon a scarlet red cord hanging down outside the window of her place, which is right on the outer wall. And when the destruction was to come, she would be spared. If she and her family stayed in the ark, if they stayed in the house, 
If they got out in the streets to fight, they would be destroyed. All bets were off. The oath didn't apply. But if everybody stayed in the house, stayed in the place of protection, stayed under the blood, then they would be saved. Just like God's people had been rescued from Egypt with the blood on the doorpost. Now the scarlet thread hang down upon the wall. And she was spared. When the destruction came, they saved her and her mother and her father and her brothers and her sisters. And she was not destroyed as all the others were. And you see the, the, the extent of the slaughter was incredible. But Rahab was spared. And Rahab was remembered in the Bible for three things. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get these three. She's remembered for her faith. We'll talk a little bit about that. She was remembered for her works. Faith without works is dead. And she is remembered for her offspring. And you'll find that in the first case, she was remembered for her faith. The Bible says she believed God. She trusted God. She fell down in worship in fear and reverence before the God of Israel. She believed God. She trusted the mercy of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God. She was under the ban. The Lord said that the Amorites were to be destroyed. The Lord had said the iniquity of the Amorite was full. Oh, it was full in her, all right. She not only was an Amorite and a Canaanite, but she was a prostitute. Is there anyone deserving of death? More than someone who has so violated the commandments of God and lived so far and alien away from God their whole lives than Rahab. But the Bible says Rahab had faith. And she's known, and it's recorded in the book of James, as you would expect, chapter 2, verse 25, where it says that she proved her faith by her works. She hid the spies. She gave the spies protection. She followed the plan and purpose of God. She got on God's side and was lovingly and mercifully brought to the right place in her life to where she and hers belonged to the Lord, not belonged to the ban or to the destruction. She's known for her works. Faith without works is dead. And Rahab is known in the Bible for her seed, for her offspring. The story goes, if you follow it carefully, she married a prince of the house of the tribe of Judah. And that prince, probably a good deal older than she was, but she married a prince. Oh, there's a, there's a story there. A prostitute marrying a prince. That's the story, by the way, of the church in Christ. She married a prince of the house of Judah, the princely tribe, the kingly tribe, and they bore a little boy. Oh, how many times in the Bible there's a little baby being born? That's so important. Boaz. 
And you know the story of Boaz, who in his older age found a wife of the Moabites, another pagan, Gentile, lost tribe that had been marked out for destruction. Some of the most wicked people in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, it was the Moabites that tried to do everything they could to destroy Israel. Just like in later generations, it was the Edomites and the Philistines, all these tribes of pagans and godless people, seeds of the serpent trying to destroy the seed of the woman. But God raises up the women because it's the seed of the woman that's going to bring salvation to the race. And so Rahab, they have a baby, Boaz. And Boaz goes on to marry. And you know the story of Ruth, a Moabitess, a Moabite widow. God takes care of the widows. They belong to Him. The Bible says the widow and the orphan has the special attention of the Lord at all times. But I couldn't help but read the story of Rahab, and I thought, you know, we've we've studied Abraham, we've studied Isaac and Jacob, Joseph and Moses, and these are marvelous stories. And later we're going to talk about Samson and David and some others. But if all we had in the Bible was the story of Rahab. If that was the only redemption history account that we had was Rahab, we would have enough gospel to preach to a lost and dying world. And I couldn't help but think of Ephesians chapter 2. The Gentile lost condition. Listen to the way Paul describes it. You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working, the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Does that not describe Rahab? Does that not describe you? And me. Listen to the further description. Remember that one time you were Gentiles called the uncircumcision. Remember that you were that time separated from God, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise. That was Rahab. That's me. That's you. We were not part of the chosen people, it seemed, when God called Abraham, but we were aliens to that commonwealth, aliens to that law, aliens to that that government, strangers to the covenants, but we didn't have a clue about the gospel. Strangers to the covenants of promise. whole thing is about a promise. God made a promise to Abraham. That's the gospel. Listen to this. This is the saddest thing I've ever heard. This is Rahab. Having no hope without God in the world. That's Rahab. As she was born in her father and mother's house and as she lived among her brothers and sisters and as she plied her trade, as she lived in Jericho, here this describes her. 
But listen to what happened to Rahab. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works that no one should boast. That's what happened to Rahab. She was saved by grace through faith in Christ, the promise, the seed, the offspring. Listen to this. But now in Christ, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, the scarlet thread, the redeeming, atoning blood of Christ. For what purpose is this salvation? What are the three things I said she's known for? Faith works. Listen to the next verse. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If that's not gospel bread, I don't know how to preach it. 